as we study your word tonight, Lord, give someone a revelation. Send your word to someone. Let that word accomplish a purpose. Turn lives around, Lord, by the ministration of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. So, in the last few Wednesdays, we've been looking at the subject race. And uh, we have looked at run for your life. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere. We are looking at run for your life. We have looked at don't look back. And tonight we want to look at don't stop anywhere. Don't stop anywhere. Let's look at our anchor scripture for this series. Our anchor scripture for this series. Genesis 19:17. Genesis 19 and the verse 17. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, Run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. So this was an angelic instruction to, to Lot and his family when God has sent angels to destroy, to announce the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, from the beginning of this series, I've said that these three instructions given are still very much applicable to our daily living and our lives. Run for your life. From the first part of this series, I shared that it was important that in life you should run for something. Something must consistently engage your thought, engage your life, and must drive you forward. Then two, we looked at don't look back. And then I shared last week with you about the characteristics of people who know where they are going and how they get there. This evening, I want to look at the third instruction. Don't stop anywhere. Don't stop anywhere. Don't stop anywhere. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Our focus is, I have finished the race. But you see, the writer was looking at the father. If life were to be a battle, I would have fought a good fight. If life were to be a race, I would have finished. If life were to be a faith to keep just limited to Christian life, I would have kept the faith. I would have kept the faith. I want to ask you a very important question. When was the last time you started something that you finished? That you look at the you looked at the thing you started, finished it, and you were very satisfied. And you said to yourself, I have attained something and I have achieved something. I want to share with you why most people and they never finish. Why you have done so many things in life and yet you have gotten nothing done. 
Thank you. The fact that you are doing something that's not necessarily you can't be doing all these movements whilst I'm waiting on. That's not necessary. Now you bring me the other one. Let me try it again. That's not necessarily mean that you are achieving something. You can be very busy without getting anything done. Amen. Amen. This one is coming. Okay. So you can be doing so many things and you end up getting nothing done. Today I want us to go through the process of getting things done. Don't stop anywhere. That was the instruction. In the pursuit of your dream, in the pursuit of whatever you want to do, don't stop anywhere because time will not stop to wait for you. Time will never stop to wait for you. And I want to share a few principles with you. A few principles with you. Now, make sure, let me show you the, the consistency circle. Make sure that whatever you start, it must be based on Is it like my blood or something? Because everybody's using it's coming, then I'm using it's not coming. Okay. Can you hear me now? Is it better now? Okay. So, whatever you do in life, have a certain conviction. For believers, never engage yourself or your life in something that you did not clearly hear from God. If God did not tell you, don't start it. Don't get involved. Don't follow what others are doing to try to begin something in your life. You must have a certain conviction. It is called Rema. I heard from God. I know God wanted me to do this. Because whatever you do in life, it's like a race. You are not allowed in this race. You are not allowed not to run. You are not allowed to walk. You must run. You are not allowed you are not allowed under any circumstance to look back and you are not allowed to stop anywhere. Once you start something in life, run for that thing. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere. For you to be able to make sure that 
whatever race you start, you finish, you must have the conviction. There must be a belief that this thing I'm doing, I believe I heard from God. I believe God told me to do it. Then you begin and you keep going. Your conviction then determines your commitment. Because why you are not convinced that this is what I want to do, your commitment is not 100%. But to succeed in life, you need more than 100% commitment. You need 110 commitment to everything. Why you are not devoted to, you cannot develop. Even to be able to grow your Christian life, you need a certain level of commitment. You must be, you must have a conviction that God has called you to be a pastor. Some of us are still pastoring because of that conviction. No, there are people who became pastors and stopped along the line. And they are selling Bruni Wewu. They are selling <laughs> secondhand clothes. I'm, uh, I, I know pastors who have thrown away the puppet and are going out somewhere and sing. So what did they hear? What did they hear? Now, now, do you know that if Moses had not heard from God, now what, what the Israelites were doing, he would have abandoned them somewhere. Because for Moses, he had stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. So he knew how to survive on the wilderness. He would have just abandoned them somewhere and walked away. But he heard from God and asked questions. What is your name? What should I tell them? Where are you taking us to? And got answers. So Moses' commitment to that journey was based on what he heard from God. Are you here? Was based on what he heard from God. This thing God told me. This thing God told me. I heard from God. For many people who are called, who became pastors because they heard that some people are rich because they are pastors. And so they became pastors. They have stopped pastoring. I know many people. They have stopped pastoring. Recently I read some article. How many people are leaving the pulpit and doing other things? What did they hear? Who told them <laughs> to become pastors? Are you here? Now, do you know people stay in marriages for so many years? Not because the marriage was good, though. But because they believe that they heard from God that I have to marry this person. Yeah, that is that is the only reason why they are in. I heard from God. And if God told me to come in, then God will have to deal with this situation. That is all. That is all. Are you, are you here? There are some people in some businesses. Eh? The business is not yielding the results. But they are still in the business. They are committed to it. Because they know they heard from God. People have been offering me a lot of business opportunities. They come to me. Oh, Bishop, we can do this. Bishop, look at this. We can do this. 
I just tell them that what I had, what I had, two things schools and hospitals. Beyond this, I haven't had anything. So even if the business will bring me all the money in the world, let me stick to what I heard from God. And because I heard this from God, I'm committed to it. Because I heard from God that I have to be here on the spiritual road, I am committed to it. It is called conviction. And then conviction leads to commitment. And then commitment leads to consistency. 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 Today, my new president, I was having a meeting with him at some time. I said, oh, I have to go to church. He said, Are you preaching? Are you preaching? He was surprised that I'm preaching. I was saying in my mind that, hey, I preach three times in a week. Even before the COVID, where I got a lot of preaching appointments. Sometimes the whole week, I come and preach here on Wednesday, do the prayer meeting, do Sunday, and in between the week, I'm preaching. Sometimes in a day, I'll preach like three times, preach here, talk here. Do other things here. You, you, you get it? So you were surprised that, but you see, I do this thing because I believe that consistency yields results. Okay? Consistency yields results. You, you see, you cannot, you cannot put yourself in something and then the little challenge, you stop. And then you go and start something else. And then the little um, challenge, you stop. And then you move to something else. And then you are challenged there, then you stop. And then you go and start something. And then you are challenged there and then you stop. Ah. You won't do anything. You won't get to anywhere. You won't get to anywhere. There are some of you here. The businesses you have done, eh? More than 120 businesses. And none of them went beyond certain time. Because they're listing because you follow others, you follow people. Even in church, even in church, you are not consistent with your service to God. You are not consistent. There are some of you, there are some of you, eh? When I don't see you in church, I don't, I, I don't call you because I'm not surprised. You are not consistent with church coming. You come, some one month be your zero camp. As if an angel appeared to you. Then you come, sir, and then me myself, I'm shocked. Hey! What happened? What are we doing right in this church? Why is this people coming like, this person coming like this? And then I am shocked. And then we'll be there, sir, and then you vanished. You vanished, sir, and then you resurface. Even in your service to God, in your worship to, of God, you are not consistent. Because you haven't heard anything from God. Why we are doing, you don't hear from God. All your friends are in the PR and comes. So you also go and join some. Then you are there. PR and comes. Hey! Where the hell are you outside? So that's your understanding, though. No crap, me pekun, me jinahon, me bibihumi. And now me peyere, me jinahon, me chiobana bako. Girls, girl, girl, be my mini girl, be pa. It is me, 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 PR and comes. So I get home every Sunday, be a mechanism. Covid or no Covid, mechanism. They go and look for some tie and look for some things. They come and stand there. 
Then baby na shadi we pay na pakunye bi atana baby. Mungoso. The day the girl will stop church. Oh, PR comes. I've stopped. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Are you here? Because you did not hear anything from God before you went and joined PR, PR and come. So, so because you don't hear anything from God, there is no anchor. Anything moves you, anything shakes you. The word of God is an anchor. If it is from God, if you're a believer, you can never start anything without hearing from God. That this one, God spoke to me and I heard it. And I heard it. Then you become very consistent. Somebody brought me an oil business some time ago. An oil business. And the person believed that I could have a fuel station if I took up oil that business and were genuine. Then I told the person that I need to hear from God before I put myself inside this. The person was shocked. With all this money, you see, some of you have fallen to it. And then you just notice that having a fuel station is not very easy. Then when you start digging the grounds and start putting things in, and you are now putting, and you see the cost. You say, why? What have I gotten myself involved in? Can you sell it and give me my money? Then you stop. Yeah, some of you have been there before. So now let me show you five reasons why you are not consistent. I'm going to tell you five reasons why you are not consistent. Why you don't pursue things to the end. Why you always give up and you stop in the middle of the race and you give up. Five reasons. Five reasons. Number one, doubts. 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 James 1. 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. In fact, when you go to verse 9 or something, talk about that he is unstable in all his ways. Can we read there for you? Can you somebody read there for me? He is unstable in all his ways. Can we have it on the screen? So, you see, when you have doubts about things you do, you become very unstable in all your ways. And I'm saying that doubt is a, the product of the fact that you did not hear from God. You are like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed about by the wind here and there. So today, I've, I've heard that people who fry egg, who fry um, yams to sell, they make money. So me too, I'm going to do some. And then you are in a hurry. You go and buy this. And then you go and buy your small money. You go and buy the table. You buy the sieve. And then you buy this, and then you buy that, and then you buy this. And then you fry the first yams. Then people don't buy. Then you do the second one, third one. Then by the fourth one, you say, Oh, we know Mrs. Kawumu. Sikabi, 
you see, <laughs> you are a doubter. You don't believe in things. Listen, there is something about believing. You know, whatever you have faith in it works. That's what the Bible says that if you have faith as small as the master seed, you shall say to this man to move and it shall move. And nothing shall be impossible for you. If you believe that something will work, it will work. Especially if your faith is driven by the fact that you heard from God. It will work. So there are some of you sitting here, you are doubting something. There is something you are doing, you are doubting. You must have faith that it will work. Faith has a way in which it moves things to work. It gets things to work. It pushes things to work. Don't give up on that dream. Don't give up on that pers the pursuit of that thing. Don't let it go. Push it hard. Work it hard. Push it hard and work it hard. And believe that it will work. It will work. Are you here? It will work. Saw the video of a man who went to get two puppies and he wanted to start a dog breeding business. And the female uh, puppy fell into a pool. And when he realized and picked this thing out, it was gone. The man did, uh, what do you call the one they blow into there? Eh? Resuscitation. When, when the, the mouth to mouth. Hey, he did help open the dog's mouth. <laughs> the president, this thing. The chest, they came back. Press the chest. Doggo. So after a while, the dog started moving. The dog started moving. The man believed that this business must work. Hey, the one who was born is dying. Hey, no, 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 no. You must leave. The man took his step. Some of you see, you must resuscitate your dream. You must put life back into that death thing in your life. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. One of the things I realized that all the things that God told me I would do, eh? God told me I would do when I was living young. Sometimes I do something say, hey, this thing has come back to life. This thing has come back to life. Oh, this thing God told me it has come back to life. Because there are things, eh? If you couldn't do them, it would never have occurred to you. Once it's running through your mind and it's occurring to you, you have the potential to make it happen. You just have to kick away doubts and believe God that this thing will work and keep pushing it and keep pushing it and keep pushing it. It will work. Are you here? Don't stop. Don't stop anywhere. In the pursuit of your dream, don't stop anywhere. But all the things that makes you stop is doubt. Are you here? So believe. And sometimes, see, sometimes eh, it's a self-doubt. When you even doubt yourself, you doubt your competence, you doubt your abilities, you doubt your capabilities. You let things go. You stop. 
when you believe in yourself, it gives you a certain confidence. It makes you do things. Are you here? I mean, I believe in myself. I don't know about you. I believe that I can be the best president of this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe. You, you don't have to believe it. I believe it. Because it is not your belief that will do something for me. It is my belief that will do something for me. You understand? I said when I was a child, I used to say I can kill an elephant. I could kill an elephant. And my big brother used to knock my head for saying that. And he was, he was doing that because we, used, we were not too far away from the Kumasi Zoo. And he was afraid that one day I'll just go. So one day he called me and said, Yofi, you say you can kill an elephant. How will you kill the elephant? I said, I'll take a knife. And then I'll cut the trunk. And then when it's coming after me, I'll go to the back. Then I'll cut the back. I'll cut the tail. You see, I, I mean, I was assuming that it will not attack me. That's the way faith works. So. Hey. I have so much confidence in myself. Then my brother was like, Kofi, hey, don't go to don't the zoo and do that though. It will kill you. And then one day I was doing something. And my mother was there. My siblings were there. And that was uh, Asla. Those of you who saw Asla, about six or twelve governors from Nigeria came to the event. It was a big thing. John Mahama and things were there. Then my mother and my siblings were sitting down. And then my mother said, do you remember when your brother said you could kill an elephant? He said, yeah, mama. He said, this is an elephant. This event is an elephant. He just killed one. You, you get it? If I, don't, if I don't believe in myself, I'll not even be here sharing these things with you. Like some of the thoughts I share with you, I have to believe that. I have to believe in myself that I'm a wise man enough to prescribe solutions to your problems. I can't prescribe drugs to you because I'm not a doctor. So I won't have the confidence to tell you that. Go and drink Kodei <laughs> or APC. I won't, I won't tell you that because I have seen people who just said, oh, with your yeah, oh, your head is aching. Oh, get paracetamol. And the person was on his way to die. And just give the paracetamol, he just hastened the person's death. And now you are in trouble. But you see, there are certain levels in my life where I'm very confident. I have seen people who sat under me, who came to church with nothing, have sat under me, have listened to me, have taken steps, and have made decisions based on the principles that I have taught. I told you how a guy in London volunteered to drive me for, for a week. And one, he was taking me outside London, and all the time he had a long time with me. The guy started quoting my sermons to me. I asked the guy, where do you get this way? So you used to be on City FM in the morning. And I used to listen on City Online. And it has really helped me. I told you about a guy that who came on our MBA and came to thank me five years ago. I was a failure. Until I chanced on you on City FM. Started listening to you. And what I have heard from you speak has changed my life. Has changed my life. So you see, I... I have the confidence in myself that I have, I, have, I have certain abilities to be able to stand before you and prescribe to you solutions to your problems. It is confidence. 
Because sometimes, even if God tells you, you don't have confidence, you cannot do it. Some people stop the choir not because any of you have caused trouble. They because they don't even have the confidence to stand before people. Oh, I'm telling you. So when you are climbing the stage, they come like this. And then when they are raising the people, they still stand there and say, oh no. I see, I see things so. When, when, sometimes when the, when the microphone is SS, is SS, and there's one microphone left, they, they can be passing. Oh, will you take it? Will you take it? No one say, oh, give it to that one. Give it to that one. Give it to that one. Hey! So why, why are you in the choir? You don't believe in your voice. You don't believe in your voice. I used to sing in the cultural troop. Oh yeah, I used to sing in the cultural troop. When I came to Accra, there was a man called Mr. Mensa, and he had a band and a drama, this thing. And I used to sing in the cultural troop. People said I didn't have a good voice. I said, I mean, I have a good voice. And when I go in the arena microphones, I won't stand behind. I go in front. My nickname was Style. My nickname was Style. One day, we were singing, and then Someone said somebody's spoiling the song. So so they came around to listen. And then the man after listening went and pointed to uh, uh, that this is the boy spoiling the song. Whilst he was pointing to me, I turned my face. I, I was singing. The way I turned my face, they knew they, they couldn't move me. There was no way they were going to move me. That's the way they were going to move. The confidence with which I sang, you will not believe that I was the one singing the discord. Mm-hmm. Are you here? So don't doubt yourself. You see, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost lives to the inside of you. And God created you with competence. He created you with abilities. He created you, okay, God created you with a certain capacity. You must convert that capacity into competence. And once you are converting it, believe, believe that at every level there's something you can do. There is something you can do. Oh, sister, go and give an announcement. Your bishop has seen you and has believed in you and has trusted in you. And so, oh, sister, go and give an announcement. Hey, bishop, me. Hey, no. No, I can't do it, though. I can't do it. What will make you believe you can't do it? Bishop, me, I don't like standing before people. So, me, I should come and stand before people. Are, are you here? You see, if, if you believe in yourself, eh, every opportunity you try, and one, day, one of them will work. One of them will work. Some of you, you don't believe yourself so much so that, you know, even church, you can't come and stand and, and dance. You feel that you don't even know how to dance. Yeah, you don't know how to dance. You don't have confidence. You, you don't believe that you are nice. You don't believe you are nice. You don't believe you are destined. So it comes here with close chest pain, then you pass here and then you go. Have faith in yourself. Don't doubt yourself. No matter how you believe in Jesus, if you don't believe in yourself, you won't amount to anything. You won't get anywhere. And then number two, distractions. 
The reason why we, we never consistent and we stop on the way when we are doing things is because of distractions. And Philippians 3, 13 and 14, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it, I made, I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal, the goal, the goal for the price of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. There is, there is something that you must press towards that nothing should distract you. You understand? There is something. Now I told you when I started training, that, that our training, this thing, our mission was quality, affordable, short-term training. Oh, people, people saw what I was doing and they liked it. People came to me with programs. We can run this for companies. We can run this for this. I said, no. It goes beyond. It's expensive. I'm doing quality, affordable, short-term. It is quality, but not affordable. Some came in. It's quality, but not short-term. And some people felt like, ah, you are letting opportunities go. No. I was letting distractions go. I was letting distractions go. Even right now, I get opportunities. Somebody wrote for me from Spain and offered me a program from Spain and believe that the program will work. And see, yo, he has seen that Ghana, so white man, I don't know how he, he, he managed to get me. Some of you would have said, oh, this is a blessing. It's God himself has opened the door. God has opened the door and I'm going to go inside. No, I saw it as a distraction. I'm, I'm involved in something now and I'm focused on that thing. And I want to get that thing done. When I'm going to sleep, it's on my mind. When I wake up, it's on my mind. I want to get that thing done. Sometimes, you see, sometimes, eh, instead of staying on what you are doing and focusing your eyes on it and pressing towards that single goal, keeping that one thing and keeping and pushing, you let somebody come and tell you there is something here and distract your attention. You let somebody come and tell you something. And especially one of the most distractive Distra uh, distractions is when when people start making negative comments about something good you are doing. Oh, I, I have seen people doing well in church. Doing well in church. And people doing nothing in church. Their sister do nothing. And their brothers do nothing. We just go and make a statement somewhere. And the person doing something in church say, I'll do it again. I won't do it again. It's a distraction. They're taking your attention off. They distract you and take your attention off. Do you know how many people have distract me when I decided on my own that enough of, of, of. Because I, I became a Christian very young and became a pastor very, very young. 22 years I was pastor. 22 years I was pastor. Some people are 60 years, they are not deciding whether God has called them or not. 22 hours passed through. But then I felt in my one point in my life that I am I am I'm too less busy. Prayer, fast, and, and then I'll do it, sir. And a church of about some few people who are about seven pastors in the church. There can be some church of 70 people with seven pastors. It means that one pastor for 10 people. So you are a full-time pastor for 10 people. 
Four times passed out for ten people. What are you going to do? And the ten people, eight of them are full-time workers. So, from Monday to Friday, you don't even have access to them. That was my case. I was thinking. Then, I used to live in a certain mission house. My colleague would be sleeping. We had nothing to do. Adoring. Then we go and name the child. Then we come. The funeral. Lead candy light. Then we go. And then we come. And then, I said, the visitation. Weekend, we go on visitation. And visit. Then I said to myself, I am too young to just sit around with all these energies in the inside of me. Let me go to university. I was even too brilliant to listen. I went to university, tried to build, build myself. There was a university studying theology. At one point, I diverted from theology to um, the study of governance and leadership. Hey, how people fought me. They said I backslided. They said God has not called me. They said, and all those things, all those voices were distractions. But I stayed focused. I stayed focused. I'm telling you today, some of them, their children have given scholarship. Some of them themselves are giving them scholarship. Those who said God has not called me. Those who said I was deviating from the calling of God. People talk. People act. They do a lot of things. Stay focused on what God has asked you to do. And just do it. And continue to do it. And don't listen to anybody. Just listen. Don't listen to those who want to distract you. You need, you need, you need encouragers, not discouragers around you. Are you here? And that's why you should be very careful who you build relationships with. You see, when they, when they, some of the Jews, eh, the Israelites, who couldn't enter the promised land, you know why they couldn't enter the promised land? Because there were people amongst them who were called the missed multitude. The missed multitude. Now, this missed multitude eh, were not Israelites, but they were Egyptians that saw the miracles God did in Egypt and decided to follow them. There were Egyptians who had friends, who had girlfriends among the Jews, and decided to follow them. So they were not Jews. They were not Israelites. So this missed multitude, they were the people that gave Moses problems. When, when God was even giving manna, when they ate the manna after a while, they started grumbling amongst the people. That why in, 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 in Egypt, we were eating melons, onions, concubines, <laughs> and all those things. But the slaves were not eating those things. They said, we're eating it for free. And then their grumblings were able to create disaffection. And people were angry at Moses. And that was the reason why some people never saw the promised land. Because this missed multitude eh, distracted them. So that you can be in a fine church like this with a good bishop like me. And the missed multitude will say negative things about the church. And then you begin to do like this. Hey, I have to be careful. Oh. I have to be careful. Oh. It's not everybody in church that is born again. Oh, there are a lot of missed multitudes in church. A lot of them. A lot of missed multitude. And some of the missed multitude are actually backsliding Christians who have become missed multitude. They say in Egypt, eh? In Egypt, what we used to do, anybody that reminds you of your Egypt is a missed multitude. Stay focused. 
this one thing I do. Forget it. But this one thing I do. But this one thing I do. There might be this single commitment to a single project that you are involved in and you are putting in all your energy and all your resources to make sure it will work. At some point, eh, at some point you can have many branches of things that you can do. But at a, some time in your life, eh, you must. Because there must be a single well that must supply water to the river bodies, to the, those tributaries. There must be a single source. So at some point, there's this one thing I do. I've seen young people starting careers and they want to do multiple things at the same time. Do you know why God said to the Israelites that do not plant two different kinds of seed on the same land? Because, because in agriculture, one seed will, will be stronger than the other seed and will draw all the nutrients so the other seed will not realize its potential. Will not realize its potential. Recently, I wanted to start a, med a medical center. But I just looked at the thing and said, no, no, no. Let me, let me serve it. And let me just focus on this thing. This one thing. Let me push this one thing and push this one thing and push it until I know that it has roots and its branches are strong and it's bearing fruits and I can take, pluck those fruits and get the seeds out of the fruits to start a new farm. Until I get there, this one thing I do. Until we reach there, this one thing I do. But they said, they'll do some it. Until we reach there, this one thing I do. Are we here? Do you understand what I'm talking about? So this one thing I urge you to do. Focus on that thing. Something must drive you. And do not allow people to distract you. Number three, discouragement. 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 Do you know some people can set up to, to discourage you? Some people can just plan that. Where you are going. And sometimes, eh, these are people who are envious of you. Who do not want to see your development. And where you are going, they feel threatened. There are some people, eh, your success is their failure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their success your success is their failure. And when they see how you are rising, they will find a way to discourage you so that all of you will come to the same. Look, look at this, look at this. Ezra 4, 1 to 4. When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the Ezra's were building a temple to, for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel, to the heads of the families, and said, let us help you build because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him <clears throat> since the time of Eshadon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, you have no part with us in this building, in, in, in us, in building a temple for our God. We answered them. We have no part with us, sorry. We we alone will build it for the Lord. 
the God of Israel, as King Zarus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the people, listen, then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on to build. Thank you. Can you imagine? Oh, you are doing something. I want to help you. I say no. And then you set out to discourage. They set out to discourage. You see, at, at every point in your life, eh, you need encouragers, not discouragers. You need encouragers, not discouragers. Not people who just always find fault with what you are doing, always criticize you, always never tell you anything good about your life or about yourself. About yourself. No, no, no. Oh, one day, eh, when the church was small, and were only few in the wooden structure. I preached a sermon, and the sermon blessed one brother in the church. So I was just leaving the chapel. They came to me and said, Man of God, do you know what you need now? Do you know what you need to grow your ministry and to grow this church? I said, No, what, what do I need? He said, All you need are encouragers. He said, The potential you have. All you need are encouragers. You don't even need people who have money to be around you. People who have good words who can encourage you. People who have good words who can encourage you. So one of the things I do, and I do it firmly and strongly, is that I build around me encouragers, not discouragers. I build around me that people who constructively criticize me not destructively criticize me. Are you here? And I need you to build that capacity. One day I went into a meeting of very great minds. And the conversation went on and my opinion was sought. I spoke in mind at my level when I left the meeting, I was, I felt, did I speak well? Did I say the right things? And I made up my mind, I won't go to those meetings again. Because I felt the meeting was above me. And that the things I said probably I may have made a fool of myself. But just before I got home, one of the main people in the meeting, respected person in this country, gave me a call. I said, Bishop, thank you for attending the meeting. Wow, your views were excellent. And in fact, we are taking them on board. And we are going to use them. Because of that, I'm inviting you to join a subcommittee of the board to help us implement some things. Hey, when he finished and put the phone down, my spirit just lifted. My, this one, he hasn't preached to me and the person was not even a believer. He hasn't preached to me. But the, the bishop's spirit was lifted. Are you here? Sometimes, sometimes you need to have people like that around you. You need to have people that will... There are some few, just little, little pleasant words that puts a lot of confidence in you. Let me give even just a typical little, little examples like you are a woman, you dress nicely. You look at yourself in the mirror, and you yourself, you feel, Charlie, I'm looking nice today. And then you get out of the room, and then 
You haven't looked at you. It never says anything. You see, a sense, a sense of discouragement falls on you. As if you are worthless. And it also happens to me. But sometimes you feel that this clothes there is not nice crap. I don't look nice crap. Look at me. I am messed up. Look at what I have become. And then you come out of the room. Your husband sees your husband goes like, wow. Wow. You look like Queen Elizabeth. Hey. The way you feel encouraged, eh? You feel even your walking will change. Your talking will change. Your smiling will change. The whole day you see you walking smiling. Just smiling. People, people be wondering, why is this person smiling like that? One word of encouragement can change your life. Pleasant words are like honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Pleasant words, they are healing to the bones. Are you here? So tonight I came to encourage you. I came to tell somebody who is about to give up. Why is the light still not on? I came to tell somebody who is about to give up that something good is about to happen to you. And that don't allow anybody to discourage you. Are you here? When I started dating mommy, the, the discouragers, they were like watchers. Oh, as, as if, as if, I was some, as if I was some cancer. Hey, Olivia. Hey, Olivia. Is that the boy you want? Hey, Olivia. Yovi. Hey, Olivia. I mean, like, hey, Olivia. Hey, Olivia. Everybody, hey, Olivia. Whenever she introduced me, hey, Olivia. I mean, I knew people were saying, hey, Olivia. Hey, Olivia. I didn't care. My name is girlfriend. Who didn't ever me? Today, look at where we are. Build friends, build friendship with people that can encourage you. People that believe in you. People that believe in you. Not people that doubt you. Not people that look down upon you. Not people that, that, that do not respect you. Build friendship with people that respect you. Be amongst a place where you are celebrated. Where people say good things about you. You, yeah, I mean, listen, it's next Sunday when I'm talking about examining yourself. I'm going to, but I'm developing a new series. I'm preaching it in London in October. It's called Life Diagnostics. Life Diagnostics. What is right with you? Because when we go into a medical diagnosis, it's because we are going to find what is wrong with us. So, so you are going to do medical tests. And the whole thing is that you are going to find what is wrong with you. And so when you go there and there's nothing wrong with you, you still even doubt it. Like my mother. My mother says she's sick. I said, Mama, you are not sick. It's old age. She said, no, 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 I'm sick. It's me. I have my life. I say I'm sick. So I took her to hospital. Then the doctors look at her and the doctor said, you are not sick. He said, no, 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 no. The doctor is so good. Take me to another doctor. He, he wants to go somewhere where they will find what is wrong with it. And that's the way some people are. You see, you have been put. You are wrong, you are wrong, you are wrong. You always feel there's something wrong with you. I'm going to preach a new sermon. It's called Life Diagnosis. Maybe when I come back from the UK, I'll share it with you. That's if I travel. I saw Life Diagnosis. What's right with you? And I'm going to focus on what is right with you. And do you know why sometimes you feel there's something wrong with you? 
You know why sometimes you feel there's something wrong with you? Because see, your assumption is that there are some people doing something right. And because you are not like them, there's something wrong with you. But sometimes, eh, you are the one doing something right. When I film that series with you, you will see that, you will see that all the negative things you have heard about you are people's opinions about you. How, that's how people have defined you. You also have the right and the capacity to redefine yourself. You understand what I'm sharing with you? You have the right to redefine yourself and to say to yourself that you are different from the way people look at you. Me, I've never allowed my mirror to tell me who I look like. Not that some mirrors they will let you look fat. Some will let you look big. Uh, will let you look small. Some will let your face look like pencil. Some will let your face look like some big thing. If you're having a child with the life, why wouldn't they put on the plant and let your face look like you are something? Listen, forget. I, I, my mirror, my, I know myself. So some, some, sometimes I look into a mirror because I just want to see whether my tie is correctly faced or my clothes is all right, my belt is lying with, up with my distance. But I don't look into the mirror to see whether I'm nice or not. I mean, I have my own definition of who I am. My niceness is in my head. I mean, what calls you? Hey, a chef. Because me, I said, when I finish dressing up, I just stand there and say, Mommy, oh, I'm a chef. Oh, I'm a chef, oh, a chef. Then I'm going, I'm just going. Okay. You see, me that say I'm a chef, life has come. Anyone? Anyway, so I, I need you to build this kind of confidence in yourself. It holds the key. To your success it holds it and believe what i'm teaching you today don't let anyone discourage you okay okay the next one please can you move the next one because okay number four diversions hmm. have you ever driven on a road that you drive, you drive, and just when you are about to get to where you are going, there's a sign for road, road diversion. And then you have to go and pass somewhere again, and then it prolongs your journey, and prolongs your journey, and prolongs your journey. There are things like that that goes, go on in our lives. You are just building a career, something you believe from the beginning that this is what you want to do. Then somebody comes and offers you some some advice that has no basis that has no research that has nothing and then immediately you stop everything you have put yourself in and redirect your life you're heading to a ditch i started this thing by talking about conviction commitment and consistency that forms the basis of everybody's success for the last how many years has won the Ghana most influential person 
Totabel. And I grew, we grew up as young people hearing the Totabel preach a certain sermon. He has preached the same line of messages for so many years. The same line of messages for so many years. So they look at where he is now. He has not allowed people to divert his attention on something else. Deliverance came to this country. Every pastor became a deliverance minister. Prophetic came. Now this prophetic you are seeing, they are, they are small. There used to be prophetic before this prophetic. Hey, people were holding 40 days all night. And your church members were attending. And they were trying to make you feel like you, God has not called you. Why, why, could it, why didn't you see that my mother was a witch? I've been in this church. I only had to go to a prophet for the prophet to tell me. So most pastors now became prophets. The other guy was still teaching. Teaching. The same thing. Teaching the same thing. The same thing. The same thing. The same thing. Today, he's the most outstanding among preachers in this country. And nobody will forget him when we write the history of the charismatic churches in this country. That is all. Consistency. 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 I was at his distant um, um, his greater works. Same man comes into the pulpit like an ordinary man with no pomp and pageantry like these small boys who can come to your church you invite them for a prophetic night they come with about 20 people then there are bodyguards around them then you who is who are, who you, the person hosting him even to shake his hand is a problem and then they want to tell you that all the seats behind you including the people who sit behind you the pastor who support your ministry, you have to clear all. Then they can even send people ahead to come and see whether uh, security is alright. I don't know who wants to kill them. <laughs> I've been to meetings where Dr. Abel will be speaking and others will be speaking. And Dr. Abel comes in with one car. One car sitting at the back. And some small boys will come in in an entourage. Then they will speak, and the other will come and speak, and the impact is different. And yet he came with one car. And then after the service, these boys will sit. The other will sit in his car, one car, and be moving in the traffic. And yet he is the most influential person in Ghana. Every year, number one. Every year, number one. Every year, number one. All these politicians moving up and down, buying votes buying rice for people and all those things <laughs> they still don't come near him number one because when a man is consistent and you don't allow people to divert your attention divert your 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 energies into something else and you are consistent because you know what god has told you you will eventually become successful okay listen success is a long journey so you can't stop and there's no bus stops. Success is a long journey and it has no bus stops. And my, listen, listen, I try and try and try to rest. Eh? 
to find time in my space to just rest. Oh. Just told mommy, um, Chalotoba, let's, let's go and rest. Because I've been working sad, like two years, no rest, we haven't traveled. October, let's go and rest. So I am on this Zoom meeting with a group of professors. And I saw October, I'll be in the UK. So when I, I, I can't move, we'll continue to talk. Then now everybody begins to book an appoint, appointment. When you come, you have to come. Now I'm looking at myself. I have to now travel into every country within the United Kingdom and meet with people. And the people I'm meeting with, they are on their top of the end. When you are going to meet them, they are like five people meeting you, and all of them are professors. And they are, they have traveled and well read, and they have gone to, and you. From Ojagrum, going to meet these people. So, so what it means is that without me just planning to be busy, I'm going to get busy because the research I have to do before meeting these people will take all my time. Because you see, I'm telling you, success has no bus stops and has no rest stops. Work hard, eat well. We have a little time to sleep, sleep well, marry well. Oh, I'm telling you, the, the thing that gives you rest is it's not how many days you have to sleep. It is that peace you enjoy within that small period you are not doing anything. That peace, that one hour peace you enjoy. You know, you know my, my most peaceful time, like when we live here right now and we go to the house. Chat with my children, small, 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 and then just me and mommy alone, just thinking about the day and talking and playing music and chatting. That one hour I spend in mommy's room before I go to my chamber is the most fulfilling and the most peaceful hour of my life in the whole day. Then I don't sleep early, so my Mr. Watu doesn't, so my Mr. is at home. When I finish talking to mommy, I put mommy to sleep. I call them, then we go to my place and we talk. I enjoy their talk, but it's not as peaceful as their mother's talk. You understand? I'm, I'm, I'm giving you secrets. Marry well, enjoy what you are doing. Your, you see, your work must be part of your recreation. Me, my work is part of my recreation. When I'm working, when I'm working, it's not a labor for me. I'm doing what I enjoy doing. Are you here? Last, okay, so Proverbs 4, 25, 27. Let your eyes look straight. Brother, let your eyes look straight ahead. Forget about what somebody is doing somewhere. Let your eyes look straight. Let your eyes look straight. The animals that God wants them to look here, here. Their eyes are on the sides of their heads. I'm telling you, there are some three beds. The eyes are here. Every morning, there are these doves that have decided to live on my this thing. So every morning, when I go to my washroom, they are there. They look at me with one this side. The one they want to see me. Their eyes are here. 
That's the way they look at me. Look at me sideways. I said, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? How are you guys? I don't look at them like that. Because I was not designed to look elsewhere. I was designed to look forward. To look straight. Are you here? Stay. Don't listen to people. Forget gossip. Get One day I'll take my time and teach on gossip. And you will see how destructive gossip is. I'm telling you. It's like a muscle, it's like a muscle, a, a muscle and it's sweet to the soul. When, when gossip enters into you, gossip can let you lose your marriage. Gossip can let you lose your job. Gossip can let you lose good friends. I mean, listen, listen. You can gossip, sir, and go to office and take phone and continue the gossip and your boss will sack you. And you will still feel that losing your job for gossip is better because it makes you happy. They make me happy. These people make me happy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you are among a group of people who spend time discussing people's private matters, you are in trouble. Your life is diverted. You are diverted from the course of it. Because listen, discussing people's private matters will never put table on food on your table. Will not put food on your table, will not put anything in your pocket, especially discussing it and getting angry and bitter about that person. Ah, are you a fool? Do they, did they, did they crush your head with your brain? Maybe go and check, or maybe they forgot to put your brain inside your head. I'm telling you. You know, traditionally, when they give birth to some children, they use hot water to shave their head. Eh? Maybe your own, it was too hot. <laughs> it has bent your brain. You have a bent down brain. How am I interested in somebody's matter? When? Matter is anything that has weight and occupies space. You want somebody's thing to occupy anything that has weight and occupy space. So when somebody brings somebody's matter to you, it has weight and it's occupying space in your life. And it's weighing you down. Live it! Live your life! Focus on your life! Build your life! Life is too short for you to be involved in other people's matters when they have not invited you. Ah, can I get first Thessalonians like three? Let me see what I have. What I have there is what I'm looking for. First Thessalonians three from verse one. I want to see whether it's what I'm, I'm looking for, what I have there. And then I'll close you. I'll close you. Life is a serious thing. Are you there? First Thessalonians. You can't change it on into the destiny. It's not possible. You can do it. Who has it? You have it. What is there? No, no, no. This is this is scripture that talks about um, mind your own business, work hard with your own hands. Come again. It's four, eh? From verse one, eh? Four eleven. 
4 verse 11 to 18. Okay, somebody read it and I'll amplify it. The man of God read it and I'll amplify it. Now, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. Hold on. To live a quiet life. Don't be too noisy. In this church, don't people know you? They don't know you because you are popular or because you are good. They know you because your dressing is too noisy. Oh yeah, I'm telling you. Your dress makes noise. It's not like technically noise. Your character is noisy. Hey, Baba, sorry. You. <laughs> you, are, you are too noisy. You live in one area. Everybody knows you are there. They know you are there. Your car cannot drive out without playing loud music. Make it an ambition to live a quiet life. Uh-huh. Mind your own business. Live a quiet life. Mind your own business. Not other people's business. Only. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. Sometimes I hear church members, oh, I hear that this person is going through this and other things. Daddy, have you heard? I said, oh, but if the person wanted me to be part of it, the person would tell me. I met a person in church recently. Why are you the spokesperson for the person? Let me, let me, let me, let the person is minding the business. Let me mind my business. My business is come and preach to you and share with you. If the person respects my anointing and values my anointing, that I have, I'm anointed enough to hear the problem and pray with the person, the person will tell me. Maybe the person has another pastor somewhere. Why are you worrying me to go and call the person and do other things? Are, are you here with me? Mind your own business. Don't just be sitting down and say, have you heard that this sister and the husband, they are, they are fighting? Eh? So, is that your matter? Have you heard they are fighting? Is it your matter? Doesn't you see that they didn't come to church today? They didn't, see, you see, the man came before the woman. I am telling you, they are fighting. Me, when I tell you things, believe they are fighting. Suddenly, we are a prophet. You can tell people who are fighting. That's why you are not developing. Because you are not focusing on yourself. You are focusing on others. Okay. And work with your hands. Then what will happen? What is the result? So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. Do you know why outsiders are unbelievers? If you mind your own business, live a quiet life and work with your hands. It's a gospel. It wins outsiders. All this, and then we ask them, Ochina, we ask them, and this person's matter, and this person's distant, and then you are a group of people, then you are discussing it, and then you are fighting, and then you are making phone calls, and then you are insulting, and then you are, ah! Examine yourself whether you are still in the faith. It doesn't change anything in your life. Then what? So that you will not be dependent on anybody. So let me show you how, how you become poor. When you don't lead a quiet life, and you don't mind your business, and you don't work with your hands, you become poor. Find now, you look at the number of gossipers you know. Check and see how many of them are rich. They are all poor. 
Because gossip itself, gossip itself is the poor man's attitude. Rich people don't, don't gossip. They don't gossip. My president just came. This the, the man who comes here. He's 70 years old. Though. 70 years. The way he works, eh? He comes to office in the morning, leaves in the evening. The way the man works, eh? And when he comes, I've known him for a number of years. The man is always working. He calls me for meetings like something. Then I tell mommy, tell me, Papa, or the meeting be kumio. Me say me perjuma, but we or edge say me. One time during the COVID, just said, oh, Bishop, this is my tenth meeting for today. And I was the tenth one. After me, we we're going to do other ones. And my meeting with him lasted 30 minutes. So if all the, the, the man three hours already, and is going for another one, and is going for another one, and is going for another one. Okay. Let me conclude on the last one. Show me the last one, the last thing. Disillusionment. Disillusionment. This is where hmm, Proverbs 12, 15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. You see what I'm thinking, eh? All foolish people in this church right now feel, oh, daddy, you don't agree. I don't agree with this thing. Me, I don't agree with this thing. With that gossip, there cannot be happiness. I will continue. <laughs> We are, we, are not, we are not gossiping. We are only showing concern. We are only showing concern. <laughs> we are not gossiping. That is not everybody who can work with the hand, though. It's not everybody who can work with the hand. It's not everybody who can work with the hand. Please, whatever you can work with, work. It's not everybody who can work with the hand, though. It's not everybody who can be quiet. That is my, 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 my nature. It's my nature. It's my nature to be to be loud. If you tell me to be quiet, I can't be quiet. Uh, so it's my nature. No problems. Go ahead. The way of the fools seems right. And you know when? When now your expectations are disappointed. When your expectations are disappointed, that's where you suddenly realize how foolish you have become. How foolish you have become. So all this why I should have listened. I've been in this church for so many years. Daddy comes around, teaches and teaches, and in my heart I reject it. I don't make noise. I don't go back to listen. But this, I'm telling you, one brother came to me. Study. I wasted my life. Said since the time I came to this church, he had been practicing. I've seen my brothers who have practiced what you have taught, and I've seen the changes in their lives. I've wasted my life. I have wasted my life, daddy. I have wasted my life. And I also didn't say, oh no, you have not wasted it. I was nodding, yes. Yes, it is wasted. Then after that, I said, what? The Bible says that God can restore the wasted years. But let me show you the principles and the thing to pass before God can restore the wasted years. So when I showed you, I finished showing you, I said, brother, God can still restore it. But you see, you are paying double price. For one, you're going to pay more. Don't wait until you are wounded in life. Because God will give you a second chance. But the scar will be there. The scar will be there. Rise up, born again believer. And do something with your life. 
and encourage yourself and move on and get engaged with something, your vision, your something. Whatever is engaging your life must be something that is putting food on your table, making somebody's life better and serving God. Any other thing is useless. Any other thing is useless. Today, some of you must delete Facebook from your phone. The app is nothing. It doesn't contribute anything to you. Nothing. Nothing. You spend all your time on it. It's not helping you. Instagram. And your camera too is not nice. Your phone camera is not nice. And you still have Instagram. <laughs> Daddy put something on Instagram, but I can't even see it well. What, what, what is it? You can't see it well. Move on with your life. Move on with your life and do something. And if we take this advice, if we take these instructions, if we take this admonition, it will be well with you. God bless you. Thank you for coming.